0: Welcome to The Life Podcast. We're so glad that you're joining us for another hope-filled message. We pray that you're encouraged by this powerful word from our Sunday service. To see everybody and to be up north. Wowza. (laughs) Well, aren't we? Thank you, team. You're amazing. I need you back at the end. Can we give the worship team a hand? They're so amazing. Thank you. Well, I've entitled this message this morning, and it's something that has really been on my heart because of the season that we've all been through over the last several months and globally that we've been through, but the message title is called Exit Out to Enter In. You know, and I'm sure we could all agree that we have been in such a fast-tracked season of change. Wowza, I don't know about you, but in my 60 years of living, I have never been in such a season that we find ourselves in today, and the good thing is, I guess it's a good thing that we're all in it together, so we all understand it, we all know what it feels like, but we're all moving out from what was and navigating and walking forward into what is today and what will be, and that is exciting. Because, you know, in God, anything can happen. And the good things, we're we're on God's side. He's on our side. So um, it's a good place to be. You know, but many, many people have been saying, um, friends overseas, people in church, that it's been a real time of resetting, a real time of rethinking their life and their priorities, and just a, a time of really reminding all of us of what is important And really questioning uh, what will be a priority of focus going forward, individually and uh, even for us as a church. And it sure has been a great reminder to me, and I'm sure same with you, of our humanity and God's sovereignty. A great reminder of whom and where our help comes from. Our strength comes from the creator of the universe, the almighty God, and I'm so glad to say that he... Holds the master plan. He's in control. He's got the trump card in his hand. Some of us need to be reminded of that this morning because of the circumstances you may find yourself in today. Remember that God is in control. We sang about it in worship, and sometimes we just need to remind our soul that God, you're still on the throne, you're in control. Not my circumstances, but God, the Almighty God. The Passion Version of Romans 11, 34, 36 says, For who has discovered how the Lord thinks, or is wise enough to advise Him in His plans? Or who has ever first given something to God that obligates God to owe Him something in return? For out of Him, the sustainer of everything, came Everything. And now everything finds fulfillment in him. May all praise and honor be given to him forever. Amen. Joyce Myers says, when our props are pulled out from under us, we discover what we are really leaning on, what we are really rooted and grounded in. Ain't that the truth? You know, there definitely is a global reset going on, and I think it's a good thing. Even though there's a lot of uh, not-so-good moments that people are going through, but there's a definitely a reset going on. And the Passion Bible, again, in Psalm 27, 8 says, "'Some find their strength in their weapons and wisdom, "'but my miracle deliverance can never be won by men. "'Our boast is in the Lord our God, "'who makes us strong strong.'" And gives us victory. Our enemies will not prevail. They will only collapse and perish in defeat. Why we will rise up full of courage. And I pray this message puts courage in your soul today, in your very being today, because God is in control. Whether you're feeling anxious or strong today, remember that He is our strength. I personally believe this season is a fast forward in God and he's using it to get our attention and getting us ready, especially Christians, getting us ready for a Jesus revolution. And I do believe that starts in us. It starts in how we see God, how we are living our life, who is really in control in our life. And it's a time to exit out of what was and enter into where God wants to take us. And I pray and my prayer is for all of us in this season going forward that his power would be released in and through each and every one of us and we will see a great awakening take place. I think we're in a great nation, actually. I've always believed that revival is going to start in little we Old New Zealand and I believe it more today than ever. I believe that God can take a small nation and a people, a team of Five million, as the Prime Minister has said, but a team of thousands at life to help ignite a fire that God wants to happen in this place. But the reality is to have all God that, all that God has promised us, we do need to exit out of some old thinking, past ways, holding on to what was. How many like to hold on to what was? I'm a little bit like that, but... It, I don't know if I want it to be different, but it is. What was is no more. We are in a new era and a new season in God. And, you know, God has the advantage. That's the good thing. He has the advantage and he'll use what the enemy has meant to be, a disadvantage in people's lives because he, he's, he's our strength and he will gazump the enemy. Anyone been gazumped before? <laughs> If you don't know what that is, I was thinking, is that an Australian word? But it's not an Australian word. It just means take over. Because God is the God of pushback. He's the God of comeback. He's the God that has our back. He's got the trump card. And, you know, I think about the many, many prophetic words that have been spoken over us as a body of people, over us as a nation. So many prophetic words that have been spoken over us. And, you know, they... they, the words that have been spoken to us over a church include each and every one of us. They include you and myself. It's not just a body or it's going to happen through the church, it's going to happen through us. So you know those words we need to take personally because what has been spoken over us means that every one of us have a part to play. And in Romans 12, 5 to 6, it talks about the body having many parts and how every part is important. I won't read it for sake of time this morning, but it talks about some to prophesy, some practical service, some teachers, some encouragers, providers, givers, those with a mercy gift. We're all the one body and we are all needed. Yeah. The one thing for sure over COVID is that God's purposes and promises were not shut down. Yeah. Yeah. If anything, they've been advancing in the background, not shut down. We're the ones that need the reset, maybe to change our priorities to catch up to where God's going. And I just want to encourage somebody here today, don't give up. If God has given you a promise and you feel right now, how is that ever going to happen? Don't give up because if God has given it to you, he will fulfill it because what God has ordained will happen. A reset, which I believe this is in, the season that we're in, isn't a stay stagnant. Some people have taken this time, I've heard a lot of conversations, to sit back and take it easy now. It's like, oh, I'm going to prioritise and I need to spend all my time with my family. That's a good thing to do, but not all your time, because it's not a time to stay stagnant, stop moving forward, shrink back. It's not a stay small moment in time. It's completely the opposite. It's a time to awaken and arise and press into God like we never have before. Say, God, what are you saying? What are you doing? It's a time to look again. Take a second look. God, what do you want to say? What do you want to change in me? What are you saying to us? I love what Michael Maiden prophesied over us. One of the many prophecies as a body of people, he said that this house, this house is a breakthrough house. A miracle house, and all will be anointed to break curses. That's what he said. In other words, we are all hands on deck. God needs each and every one of us to stir up our faith, stir up our passion, stir up our love for him, because he's gonna use us. He's gonna use us for a great awakening that he has planned. And we just need to lean in, not lean back. Church, can I encourage you to lean in? To the heart of the Holy Spirit and ask what he is saying to me. Psalm 108, 1 to 2 says, Awake, O my soul, with the music of his splendor. Arise, my soul, and sing his praises. I will awaken the dawn with my worship, greeting the daybreak with my songs of life. I will awaken, me personally, you personally. Let's awaken our soul i just so believe god is capitalizing on this time to awaken and rekindle each and every one of us maybe embers that have grown dim or diminishing even from distraction not from a bad heart from the distraction in the business of life that god is poking us with one of those sticks that we have for our fire say like, come on guys Stirring us up to enter into a new season with boldness because God isn't finished yet. I love that. Ephesians one twenty two says, The church you see is not peripheral to the world. The world is peripheral to the church. What a great day for the church to stand up and be all that she's called to be. We've had the backing of heaven behind us and kingdom purpose. In front of us. And we can confidently move forward into the new because we know that God's already there. He's gone before us. We don't have to fear. God is near. Philippians 3 13 to 14 says, I don't depend on my own strength to accomplish this. However, I do have one compelling focus. I forget all the past as I have fastened my heart to the future instead. I run straight for, the devo- straight for the divine invitation of reaching the heavenly goal and gaining the victory prize through the anointing of Jesus. I love that. To enter means that we have permission to go in. And like I said before, in your own life, as a church, what God has authorized, we have permission to obtain. What God has authorised, we have permission to obtain. So do not let the enemy dishearten you, take you off track. If God has given you something, you hold on to that. You press in and you claim that. I love that song. I think it was maybe the last one we sang. It talked about prophesying it. Prophesy that thing out. If God's given it to us, it will happen. So what do we need to do personally to enter in? There's three things I'm going to focus on this morning. And the first one is we need to stand up. To enter in, we need to stand up, make a personal decision to get up. Then we need to step forward. Stepping forward is a personal decision to take progressive steps. My father-in-law, you would have heard Paul say many times about his dad, he used to walk for many kilometres every day. And he would say, how do you do that? Or people would say, how do you do that? And he said, well, it's very simple. I just take one step after the other and eventually you get there. As long as we're taking progressive steps forward. And then we need to stretch into, which is making a personal decision, to walk into the unfamiliar. Some reasons people may be sitting down today, and again, I'm going to touch on three Some may be sitting down because you've been knocked down. I know what it feels like to be knocked down. When you were just going along in life, minding your own business, and then out of nowhere, something happened that you didn't expect and you were knocked down, maybe by others, by unexpected circumstances. Maybe today, because of COVID, you've lost a business or a job or whatever has happened And it was unexpected and, you know, sometimes when we get knocked down, we need help to get back up again because we can become fearful, which is what the enemy wants. We can become hesitant to believe again. And maybe we can just lose our confidence because that's what the enemy wants to happen. When these things come our way, he wants to take us off guard. And, you know, there was a guy, Elijah, in the Bible who momentarily after an incredible victory in God, lost his confidence because he listened to the voice of intimidation. He listened to that voice from the enemy that he gave it room in his life. He didn't just listen to it. he, He meditated on it and gave it room. And he found himself lying down, the Bible says, allowing the current pressures around him to keep him in a a captured place in his thinking. It allowed him to overrule the, the current circumstances, all the incredible things that God had done in his life before. He momentarily forgot who God was. He momentarily forgot that God has the trump card. He momentarily forgot God. You know, and what happens in those circumstances, and I know what that feels like, You you, you just want to sit in your pain sometimes. You don't want anybody to try and fix you. You don't want sometimes even God in those situations. And God gave Elijah the space to rest and process. God understands. In his graciousness, he gives us room. But then he said to him, you need to get up and move on. You've got to exit out of that space of a victim and move on to where I've called you to. And it's 1 Kings 19, 3 to 8. And I won't read all of it, but um, it talks about how Elijah was afraid and he ran for his life, the Bible said. When he came to Beersheba in Judah, he left his servant there. And then it goes on and it says he says to God, Look, God, I'm done. Take my life. Anyone ever felt like that? I'm out of here, God. And it said, Then he laid down under the bush and fell asleep. And all at once an angel touched him and said, Get up and eat. Notice the angel didn't say, oh, you poor thing. (laughs) No, he said, get up and eat. He looked around and there by his head was some bread baked over hot coals and a jar of water. He ate and drank and then lay down again. The angel of the Lord came back a second time. Sometimes we need that second time. And touched him and said, get up and eat for the journey is too much for you. So he got up and ate and drank. Strengthened by that food, he travelled 40 days and 40 nights until he reached Horeb, the mountain of God. We are strengthened by the word of God. That is our food, our relationship with God. So don't run from God like Elijah did. We have to run to God when we're facing insurmountable things that seem impossible. You know, we all can get knocked down by life circumstances and be afraid, be tired, want to run. We can even get weary from doing good, and we have to be careful in that place, and think, oh, I've done my bit. Yeah, but God doesn't want us to stay there. We need to stand up again, and exit out from the old to enter into the new. You know, last year, I was walking on the beach with some family, and minding my own business, just walking along, and um, our youngest son, Daniel, has a What's that dog? Border Collie. Thanks, Melissa. <laughs> anyway, well, he loves catching balls. So he, Daniel was throwing the ball, and the dog just goes full. Par- Have you ever seen a dog running after the ball? They just like don't care about anything else. And before I knew it, I was just talking, and the next thing, bang! I went down on the ground, and I was in the anticipated pathway of the dog catching the ball, and he, he just nicked my MCL, and down I went got knocked down and I had to get help to get uh, actually Paul had to put me over his shoulder unfortunately and carry me home (laughs) yeah (laughs) I can laugh about it now but (laughs) it wasn't too funny at the time but then I had to put the hard yards in this is my point we can all get knocked down but I was the one that had to go to the physio, put the hard yards and determination in and the exercise to get strong again so that I can do that because I could not do that. <laughs> I'm like, yes, I can do it again. But it took work. And I personally know countless people who life has brought unexpected tragedy to. The Bible didn't tell us that we would be exempt from it. It said that he will be, God will be with us through it. But today, they were knocked down. They're standing strong again today. And, you know, myself included. But that takes a personal decision to stand. So don't allow the things that knocked you down keep you down. We have to get up again. We have to stand up, straighten our posture, and we must exit out to enter in. Some are sitting down today by choice, by the allure of comfort. Man, we have to be careful of this because it just creeps in. Maybe you've had some time out, which is awesome to have some time out. We all need time out for a holiday sometimes or whatever. But too much time out makes us cosy. And we can like the comfort of sitting if we take too much time out. Or maybe you've allowed cynical to creep in for whatever reason. And it's got you retreating instead of contributing. Because it's easier not to contribute. You know, cynicism is like a slow poison. I see it like, you know, being on one of those drips, just dripping, drip, drip, drip. And it eats away at people. And it kills the breath of the spirit of God. So we have to be careful that we are not sitting down because of that because cynicism is a slow death. I've heard so many uh, conversations post-COVID about how good it was in your own lounge room with your slippers and your cuppa, which was awesome. And I kind of enjoyed that as well, to be honest, and no Sunday night church. I'm like, man, this is how everybody only just goes to one service. <laughs> this, this could be a good thing. But no, I tell you what, if you haven't been to Sunday Night Live, you've got to get there because God is doing something. Those services are pumping, packed, faith-filled, amazing. Anyway, sidetrack. But, you know, being comfy doesn't keep us heaven purpose focused. It keeps us self-focused. So let's not get too comfy. There's a story in Ruth about Ruth and Naomi. I'm sure we've all heard this story. And and Naomi, the mother-in-law, had a husband and two sons who died really close to each other. And Ruth was married to one of those sons. And you know what? There was a decision that Ruth had to make, whether to stay with her mother-in-law or to move on. Her mother-in-law encouraged her, tried to encourage her to go back to her own people. And that comfortable option for Ruth would have been to go back to her own culture, return to her family, stay in the familiar of what she knew. Familiar is another poisonous (laughs) But God chose, I mean, she chose to be loyal to Naomi, which meant she chose the journey of the difficult unknown. And she boldly stepped into the new. And I love this story because because of her obedience, taking the uncomfortable option, it led her to God's blessing and favor, not only for her life, but for her mother-in-law as well. And she goes on to say, where you go, I will go. Where you lodge, I will. I will lodge. Your people will be my people. Your God will be my God. I love that because comfortable doesn't take us anywhere. It makes us stagnant. It even makes us slothful with our slippers and our... (laughs) But comfortable ends up being our containment. You know, there was a funny time in my life. I say funny, better an abstract time in my life where... Um, I had to face comfortable in, in a strange kind of way. I had erected a fence around my heart to, to remember the memory of my dad who'd passed away when I was 10. And so I had erected this lovely white picket fence with a gate around my heart in memory of him because I didn't want to forget who he was. And it had become a comfortable place to me. Do you know um, pain can become a comfort in our life? Because this place, although it wasn't a healthy place, it became a comfortable place. Because in that place, I didn't have to allow anybody else in. I didn't have room for anybody else in that space in my heart. And one day, God challenged me. And he said to me, Marie, you need to step forward and walk through that gate. Because while you're back there, comfortable back there, I can't do or take you to where I want to take you. And so I had to make the choice to leave my father behind, although I don't forget him, to walk into what God had for me. So we can't allow ourselves to be allured into comfortable. We have to take a step forward. Even though it was painful, I had to choose to work through the discomfort of walking forward. 'Cause it is uncomfortable sometimes. And then finally some are sitting today because they don't feel worthy to stand. You know, there was a woman at the well and she was doing everything she could to avoid people. In the middle of the day, she was getting water because she couldn't there wouldn't be any people around. She didn't want people to see her. And she was stuck in her circumstance. She was in a circumstance and she was stuck. A lot of people are stuck today. They want to to get out, but they're stuck in a circumstance. And she wasn't feeling worthy of a better life, thinks she got all she deserved, So she was literally sitting down on the inside. She had been ensnared by decisions that she'd made until she encountered Jesus. Jesus comes along at the well and he said, if you want a new life, I can give it to you. He offered her a brand new start. He offered her to exit out of her old and enter into something new. And he offers each and every one of us that same opportunity today. And the thing is, if you don't value yourself, you will allow others to devalue you. And if you don't value yourself, you'll live your life from that view. And you'll accept a lot of trash that you don't need to accept. I love what Pastor Jeffrey Rachmat said, I think it was last week. Was he on the video last week? The week before, whenever. He says, our thinking will determine how we live. Yeah. Yeah. So it's very important that you see yourself the way God sees you this morning. Right. It's very important that you stand up and see who you really are in him. John 4, 4-10 to says, When a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, Will you give me a drink? His disciples had gone into the town to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, You're a Jew and I'm a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews don't associate with Samaritans. And Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. He goes on to say to her that she'd been married five times and now she was living with another man. And she said, you've told the truth. The thing is, in that conversation, you could read it in your own time. It's like an example that we've we've all made mistakes along our journey. Everybody's made mistakes, whatever they are, and we cannot allow them to define us. Jesus knew what that woman had been through, but he wasn't defining her by that. He didn't see that about her. He saw a brand new start. He saw somebody standing up. In confidence, and dignity yeah. in God. And he gives each and every one of us opportunity to face our wrongs and make them right. Yeah. He says to a go and don't sin anymore. So he gives everyone that opportunity. And it, you know, he never wastes a mess. I love that about Jesus. He never wastes a mess. He always turns a mess into a message of hope yeah. for somebody else. So don't despise where you've been. <clears throat> Accept forgiveness from God, because when he forgives, he forgives completely. Stand up and move on. What happened? Yes, did happen. We can't change that, but we can walk into a new beginning. Galatians 5.1 says, in this freedom, Christ has made us free and completely liberated us. Stand fast then and do not be hampered and held and snared and submit again to a yoke of slavery which you have once put off. Do not let past regret define you or hold you back because a victim mentality will cause you to retreat and live a life of bondage. We have to just stretch into what is ahead and exit out to enter in. You know, there's a story in John just before I close today. <clears throat> and it's about the crippled man who lay by the pool for 38 years. Can you imagine that? I've actually met a lot of Christians, to be honest, that are still lying by a pool from something that happened to them 38 years ago. And it's so sad because it's such a waste of life. And this man's, you know, he could fit all those three categories I've talked about today. Yes, maybe life did throw something his way that caused him to sit down initially. He was crippled and he was laying by the pool. But after a while, his position, his condition rather, became his identity. It was easier to stay there and blame his circumstances, blame everybody else, why his life hadn't changed, and not look at his own self. And that position became his reasoning of thought in the end and his excuse that others were more important, others were more privileged. The others got in before him. They didn't give him a chance to get in. He had a victim mentality. So easy to hold on to a victim mentality. In John 5, 6 to 9, this is what Jesus said to the man when he came to him. Do you want to get well? The sick man said, Sir, when the water is stirred, I don't have anybody to put me in the pool. By the time I get there, somebody else is already in. Jesus said, Get up. Take your bedroll. He didn't say, Oh, my gosh. Seriously, that's terrible. You poor thing. We'd like him to say that at times, but sometimes we just need him to come and say, Get up. You've been there long enough. You don't have to stay there any longer. Then he said, "Do you want it? Do you want to get well? Then you're going to have to want to stand up. Then you are going to have to want to take a step. Then you are going to have to be willing to stretch in to the unfamiliar then you are going to have to walk forward into the new life out of the victim mentality that is holding you now and become your comfort. Dr. Tony Evans, which is Priscilla Evans' father, says this, whenever your bed is, wherever your bed is, that's where your home is. In other words, whenever, wherever you got knocked down, sat down, stooped down, That's where your bed is. Thanks to Jesus, this man would no longer be sleeping in a place of despair. It was time to roll up his mat and find a new home. I love that. It's time to roll up our mat. Stand up. Look at that door. Say goodbye to what was and walk in to what is. And I pray that we all make that decision as a church to be people that don't sit down but people that exit out to enter in. Now, I've asked the team this morning to lead us in a song, and I'd like us all to stand just as a declaration, declaration today. Maybe you can identify with any of those situations today, and I just pray that you would reach out. Reach out and hold the hand of Jesus. That's what I had to do when Jesus came to me and said, Marie, you've got to walk away from your dad, here's my hand. I literally saw him, his hand reached out. He said, you gotta hold my hand, let go of your dad. Let go of his hand and hold mine and walk forward. Thanks for listening to this podcast. We trust that you were encouraged by this powerful message. You always have a place to call home here at Life, And we invite you to join us for our Sunday services at any of our Auckland campuses. If you're not in Auckland, then check us out, Church Online, wherever you are in the world. Just head to lifenz.org or download the Life app to stay connected and find out more.